Good morning, everyone. So as Pastor Jen Huat and Celine had mentioned just now, today is Lady Sunday, and we celebrate this once a year in October. So just in case, once again, in case you're wondering actually who are the lady, okay, as long as you're not wearing a collar, you're not a pastor, you are a lay person. And all of, all of us join together in the ministry and life of the church. But at this time, we want to take the opportunity to thank our very hardworking pastors. You know, every Sunday they have to preach, and there's so much to do in this church. So shall we just put our hands together to just acknowledge them? <laughs> Truly, we have a very wonderful bunch of um, pastors, and they sacrifice so much to serve us. So, on Lady Sunday, the, all, in, for all track churches, this Lady Sunday, the theme is going deeper with God. Um, and our scripture verse is taken from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. And I invite all of you to then just join me in um, reading this together, slowly. Together? You will seek me when you find me, when you seek me with all your heart. This is the word of God. It is not possible in this very short time to do justice to this topic. But do allow me to just share some of my personal insights. But first, let's just commit this time to the Lord. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for calling us into a deeper relationship with you. Help us to seek you always with all our hearts and show us how we can find you. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. The scripture verse we had just read was spoken through the prophet Jeremiah during a very difficult time for the Jews. The Jews had just been carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And if you were among the Jews at that time, it would be understandable to feel angry, fearful or depressed in the midst of hardship and suffering. And some of us today may be feeling just like the Jews, we are suffering painful trials in our life and we desperately seek relief. And so when Jeremiah spoke a word from the Lord, most were hopeful for the promise of deliverance. But this is what God spoke to them. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So there was no immediate rescue. But God did promise that after 70 years, He will fulfill His promise to bring them home again. And in the waiting, God offers Himself. Call on me and pray to me and I will listen to you when you seek me with all your heart. But just what does it mean to seek God? Is God lost? 
Does God hide himself from us? All of us know that the Bible says God is always with us. So maybe it is we who are lost because we neglect God, we don't read his word, we don't pray, we allow our sinful desires to block out his presence in our lives. So how do we seek God? Allow me to share with you three areas that can perhaps help us to do this. Growing deeper with God, growing deeper in our faith, and growing deeper in service. So let's just start with growing deeper in love. You know when you seek something, you consciously set your mind and affections on it. So example, when I was pursuing my wife, I wanted to know all about her, what she liked, and finding all ways and means just to spend time with her. So likewise, when we seek God, we should be wanting to know all about Him, what pleases Him, and wanting to spend time in His presence. It's like falling in love in that sense. Just like what the psalmist says in Psalms chapter 33, verses 1 to 3 and 3. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you because your love is better than life. And King David here declares that he longs for God because God's love is so much better than life itself. Do you and I feel overwhelmed by his great love for us, shown by his sacrifice on the cross that we truly feel that his love is better than life? This is the important principle, that the source of our love for God is because of his initial great love for us. God loves you and I, and therefore I can't help but love him in return. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 to 5, that even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Wow, it gave God great pleasure to love us. And do we derive great pleasure in, de- in loving him back? What are the, some of the ways that we can love and seek God? Let's consider three practical ways of growing deeper with God. Spend time seeking God. Sneak in moments of prayer and read Christ's love letters every day. So let's start with spend time seeking God. Just as we spend time with those we love, we need to make time for God. How can we love and trust God if we don't know Him? Colossians chapter 2 says that understanding God's mysterious plan is knowing Christ Himself. For in Christ lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so if you desire wisdom and knowledge, you have to find Christ. And so we make every effort to know, experience, and relate to Him like a close friend. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, we are told that Moses spoke with God face to face as one speaks to a friend. But Moses wasn't the only person to have such a deep friendship with God. Abraham too was called God's friend. And now, because of Christ, this privilege 
is ours also. And Jesus himself says so. In John chapter 15, verses 14 to 15, he says, You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants. Instead, I have called you friends. Turn to each other and say, You are God's friend. And so do we find ourselves wanting to spend time with God just like we do with our close friends? Let's look at the next practical step, sneak in moments of prayer. John Eldredge in his book, Get Your Life Back, shares a practice to help us regain our life in this fast-paced world. He calls this the one-minute pause, and some of you may, may know of it already. I have found practicing this useful, especially on days when I feel worried and I can't find a solution to my problems. It's simple and just like a breath prayer. Just take 60 seconds to be still, release your worries to God. First, stop what you are doing and be silent for an instant. And then, release everything. Let everything go. Your worries about your family, your work, your health, your finances. Just release them to God and then pray. Lord Jesus, I give everything and everyone to you. Repeat it a few times until you actually feel that you are releasing it to God. And then ask of God, Jesus, I need more of you. Fill me with more of you, God. Restore our union and fill me with your life. Come, let's all just try to do this one-minute pause, shall we? Everyone, just close your eyes and be quiet for a few seconds. Think about what is troubling you. Or who is it that you are worried for? And then as you pray, release it to God. So follow after me in your mind or under your breath. Jesus, I give everything and everyone to you. Jesus, I give everything and everyone to you. Jesus, I need more of you. Fill me with more of you, God. Restore our union. Fill me with your life. Amen. Okay, you can open your eyes. And you can do this anywhere and at any time. I do this when I feel anxious and before critical meetings. At the start of the day, I make it a point to commit my day's schedule into his hands. And in one minute or less, it helps me to center myself in Christ and to be still and know that he is God. And for those of you who are interested, you can actually find the one-minute pause on the Apple App Store. So the third way of um, seeking God is to read Christ's love letters every day. So you know, when I was um, courting my wife in the 1980s, so you know how old I am now, right? She was a young teacher and she had to go home to Kuala Lumpur during the school holidays. At that time, there was no email, no WhatsApp, and long-distance calls were expensive. And the only way we could communicate was through writing physical letters to each other in longhand and then send it through the post. I remember eagerly waiting for the postman to deliver her letters. And I would devour her every line and word. And I would read it and read it several times. In the same way, Christ has written His love letters to us in the Bible. To not read God's Word it's like not opening and putting aside letters from someone who loves you. 
God has revealed Himself to us through His Word. And if we want to seek Him, the most obvious way is to read the Bible to know God more. Knowing God's Word helps us to refute the many lies the enemy whispers to us, such as, you are not good enough, or God doesn't really care about you. These are voices from the devil, and we need to distinguish between God's voice. And the way to do it is to fill our minds with his word. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. I know many of us lead such busy lives, and it is so easy to make excuses for not finding time to read God's Word. So one day, perhaps, one way that you can do is to set aside protected times in your day for reading God's Word. Just find a time when you think people are least likely to disturb you, and then you protect those times. It's okay if you fail. Alright, just keep trying different timings until you find one that suits you best. You can even start reading the daily passages from our Bible reading drive on Telegram. And as you develop this sacred rhythm, you will be blessed by God speaking to you through His Word. Growing deeper in our love for God needs to be intentional. Otherwise, it's easy to succumb to the distractions of of the world. As you know God more through His Word, the Holy Spirit will grow your love for Him into a great love. Let's now go to the second point, growing deeper in faith. Growing in faith is not easy, and for me, God uses trials in my life. So let me just share with you what I went through recently. The last 15 months was one of consecutive medical emergencies for me and my family. In June last year, my dad, who is over 90 years old, was hospitalized for an infection. And in view of his age, it was a concern. But praise God, after one week in hospital, he recovered and was discharged. However, in just a few hours after I had sent him home, he called up to say that my mum had fallen and had to be rushed to hospital. I rushed to the hospital and I went to her bedside at the hospital A&E. I could see that she was in great pain. The doctors later diagnosed that she had fractured her hip. And of course, in view of her age, there was some concern for her to go through a major hip operation. But by God's grace, the operation was a success. However, in the following days, she developed some serious complications. And one night, shortly after her op, we were awakened at 4 a.m. by a phone call from the hospital to inform us that mum was in serious condition and to stand by. I remember just praying together with my wife and holding on to God. But by God's mercy, my mum pulled through, and after nearly two months in hospital, she was miraculously discharged. One month later, just before I was to speak at Lady Sunday last year, Jenna, my 29-year-old daughter-in-law, suddenly developed bleeding in the brain. She was 32 weeks pregnant at that time, and so the doctors could not operate. They decided to stabilize her until the 35th week of her pregnancy so that they could safely deliver the baby before operating on her brain. Three weeks, we prayed hard that God would sustain her 
even though she was in great pain. And finally, on the 1st of November, my first grandson was born. And I cried when I helped him for the first time. As he was truly a miracle baby. After one day of recovery, the neurosurgeon <clears throat> then performed a 12-hour brain operation on Jenna. And the operation was a success. The doctors had earlier cautioned that Jenna would have movement issues for around six months due to the surgery. But on the third day after her operation, she got up and walked to the utter amazement of her doctors. What a miracle. Praise God. All to His glory. And just after Jenna and the baby were finally discharged from hospital, I received news that my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. Despite reeling from another shock again, I knew this time that God would see us through somehow, whatever the outcome, having literally seen the goodness of God. In view of my mum's advanced age and her multiple health conditions, the breast surgeon shared that the risks of operating were moderate at best. However, my mum said that she would go through the operation, and this was her second major op in seven months. And she said that if something went wrong, she was ready to go home to the Lord. Her faith truly touched mine. The mastectomy was done and again by God's grace, she miraculously survived, recovered and was discharged to go home after several weeks. Thank you. Praise God. So, so why, why am I sharing this? First, I need to testify of God's grace and mercy to me and my family for protecting and healing my dad, my mum, my daughter-in-law and my grandson despite overwhelming medical odds, and for sustaining me and my family through the emotional and physical exhaustion over so many months. There was nothing I did, and it was not because I have great faith either. All this happened for the glory of God. I was so dependent on my community of faith for the prayers and support they offered my small group members, my companions in Christ, the pastors, the pastoral team, and others from some churches in Ipoh and KL. I know God so graciously answered the many prayers offered on behalf of my family, and I am truly indebted to them. I am aware that sometimes God in His sovereignty and infinite wisdom can choose not to answer our prayers. And this year, despite my many prayers, Three dear friends were called home to God. While I'm immensely grateful to God for the miracles He showed me and my family for this moment in time, I asked myself if I could still love and trust God if this sequence of events had turned out differently for me and my family. I believe God just wants me to have the faith to trust Him because of His great love for me. And whatever the painful situation, he understands because he had already suffered so much on my behalf. One day we will all go through the valleys. And at that time, we can either give up on God or choose to run to him. Because each trial helps us to grow deeper in our faith. And may God grant us the grace to hold on to him tighter through each storm. And likewise for the Jews who were in exile, when the 70 years were up, 
God proved faithful in finally bringing them back to Jerusalem, just as he promised. Truly, God's faithfulness helps us to stay faithful. And so my final point, growing deeper in service. In the book of Nehemiah, we read of the Jewish exiles returning to Jerusalem, intent on repairing the walls of the city which had been destroyed by the Babylonians. Each person or clan was assigned a part of the wall to repair. And throughout chapter 3, it was the same refrain. Next to him, repairs were made by so-and-so, citing the name of the person or clan. Everyone worked together, helping each other, and each knew the importance of his work. But in verse 5, we read, we read, The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to work, to the work under their supervisors. Whoa, it seems that the Bible kept a record of the slackers too. And in this case, the nobles of Tekoa did not do the work assigned to them. I definitely would not like my name to be listed for all eternity for not doing the work God has assigned to me. Did you know that each one of us have already been assigned work to do work to do for God? Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What good work? has God assigned to you. And if you don't know, can I invite you to visit our ministry fair on the plaza roof right after this service? Talk with our volunteers and see where God is prompting you to serve. The needs are truly many and we need each one of you to help reach the last, the least and the lost. For example, our missions ministry has organized a series of short mission trips around the region. Do pray about joining in the great work that God is doing. In June this year, my wife and I were privileged to go for one such mission trip to Chiang Mai. At the beginning, I was thinking how we could bless and help the orphans and the displaced children that we would be visiting. However, at the end of the trip, through so many small miracles, we realized that it was God who had blessed us through those children. We were also very glad to witness the official opening of the Wesley Room, a facility to help the children that was sponsored by our church. But apart from missions, we have many ministries who are equally important and we really need volunteers to carry out the good work that God has placed in our hearts. You know, when Nehemiah summoned the people of Jerusalem to rebuild the walls, we learned that all the people were involved in this project. It is the same today. The ministry of the church belongs to everyone in this congregation. And so we all need to pitch in, doing whatever we can, whether in big or small roles, it doesn't matter. And as we make ourselves available, God will make us able. So very often, you know, we ask God for His best for us, but sadly, we only give Him our leftovers, whether it's our leftover time, our leftover money, or our leftover love. When I first started serving in church, I thought I was offering my gifts and talents to God. But over the years, I found that actually I was trying to seek God through serving Him. After all, sacrificial service is part of our intentional discipleship. And strangely enough, as I tried to serve God, He revealed Himself to me 
and help me to grow deeper in my love and faith. As we surrender more of ourselves to God, may He be pleased to work in and through us. Scripture teaches us with unmistaken clarity that all believers in Christ will have to give an account of their lives to the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due to us for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. My dear brothers and sisters, are you making your life count for God? Do we spend all our time and effort trying to become significant in a world that will soon pass away? Or are we trying to be of significance in God's eternal kingdom by doing what He calls us to do right now? When we grow deeper in our love for God, we will grow deeper in our faith. And as we deepen our faith, we will grow deeper in our service to Him. And this will lead us right back to loving Him more deeply. Allow me to just conclude with the story of Eric Liddell. Some of you may be familiar with him from the 1981 movie, Chariots of Fire. It portrayed the story of Eric Liddell and how in the 1924 Olympics, he gave up the chance to win the gold medal for Britain in the 100-meter event because the heats were held on a Sunday. He was someone who loved God deeply and he felt he could not honour God by competing on the Sabbath day. And so in spite of great opposition, he chose instead to compete in the 400-meter event because it was held on a weekday, although he was not well-placed to run this race. And just before the race, someone slipped him a message quoting 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. Those who honour me, I will honour. And indeed, God chose to honour him with a surprising gold win for the 400 metres and with a world record that stood for 12 years. After the Olympic win, he did not cling to his glory and fame, and instead he gave up his running career. He went to China as a missionary, proclaiming, God made me for China. When World War II broke out, he was in China. He gave up and his opportunity of escaping with his family, just so that he could stay behind to help the Chinese people. He was subsequently imprisoned in a Japanese internment camp, and in spite of very difficult conditions, he served the prisoners there until he died just months before the end of the war. A fellow internee later wrote about Liddell. The best thing he gave me was his baton of forgiveness. He taught me to love my enemies and to pray for them. For Eric Liddell, an Olympic goal was not the most important prize in life. And he said, It has been a wonderful experience to compete in the Olympic Games and to bring home a gold medal. But ever since I have been a young lad, I have had my eyes on a different prize. You see, each one of us is in a greater race than any I have run in Paris. And this race ends when God gives out the medals. And because he loved God so much, he stood resolute in serving God his entire life, whether as an Olympic gold medalist or later as a missionary for God in a prison camp until God called him home. And because of his faith in God, he was able to serve out 
and finish the good work that God had assigned to him. And like so many others before him, I believe he got to hear God say, Well done, good and faithful servant. So when it is our time to stand before our Creator, will we be found faithful? It can only happen if you decide today that you want to start seeking Him with all your heart. Let us pray. Dear Lord, each day, will you help us to seek you with all our hearts, that we will grow deeper in our love for you, deeper in our faith, and deeper in serving you for as long as you give us life, that at the end of our race, we may be found faithful in your eyes. For we ask this in the name of Jesus, who desires to be found by us. Amen.